0: really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life? If alcohol is keeping you playing small and feels like the one area you just can't figure out, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help powerful women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening welcome back to the show my beautiful listeners thank you so much for being here you are in for such an amazing treat today i'm just so thrilled to be able to offer this and have this amazing woman sister friend colleague client and cosmic queen Nura rochelle back on the show in kind of a different context um offering to us her beautiful wisdom and deep knowledge of all that is happening in the in the world of astrology and how it can relate to us practically in not only our relationship to alcohol but what we are going to fo- focus a little bit on today is moving shifting from conformity to self authority so welcome nura Hello,
1: Mary. Oh my gosh. I love this topic so much. I'm so excited to be able to converse with you about it and just see how everything relates with the astrology. There's just so much in the
0: field as I'm sure everyone is feeling. Yeah, totally. I would love for you to just start because some people are really into astrology. I think some people know they you know, their Zodiac sign, their sun sign, and maybe a lot of my listeners, because I do talk about the the lunar w- wisdom and lunar implications quite a bit, probably know a little bit about that. But can you just maybe briefly give um, everyone an understanding of how you use astrology to inform your everyday living? Absolutely. A lot of it is
1: observation correlation. So a lot of pattern recognition, transit tracking. So of course, starting with me, like what is my chart and what are the archetypes that come through for me? What am I here to explore? How does that show up in the realm of masculine and feminine and yin and yang and more or less understanding my own cycles? And then seeing how me as the portal that's holding and carrying all of these archetypes, like I'm the representation of my chart. I'm I'm like the emissary of these archetypes of the time that I was born in just like you are just like everyone is so we carry that as portals but then also then how am I relating with the world or how is the world relating with me that's how I'm using these transits and it can give us so much information around where we will be supported for certain kinds of activities or where there's a likelihood of certain types of release certain types of confrontation certain types of creative ease so I just kind of use it as a spiritual cheat sheet in a way and never um, from a place of like, oh, this is what I have to do. This is what I should do. But just as more or less an affirmation of what I already know in my heart that I want to do and I'm just seeing it validated and affirmed and it feels a lot like, like a conversation with God, Goddess, in a way, and, and really seeing these planets as as divine messengers, divine emissaries for how do I get to do conscious evolution? Um, knowing that I'm not alone, knowing that I didn't come here to to face this journey all by myself.
0: Beautiful, yeah, and I think that really leads us into this topic too of self authority. You know, moving from conformity to self authority because what may not be mirrored out in the 3D in, you know, our condition, you know, our socialized conditioning of institutions and just ideas, whether or not it's intentional or not intentional. I don't know if that's always useful to know (laughs) of like the power over model, but is that there is this normalizing of what we might be feeling internally that we don't see mirrored in our day-to-day that maybe the stars are reflecting back at us. So that's so beautiful.
1: Yeah. And I feel like it fits so well with where we are in time too. Like this autumn is the time of Libra, Scorpio and Sagittarius season. And these are all interpersonal signs where we're starting to really connect with what is outside of us and understand how we get to merge with it, understand our point of power and our influence in this space. So it's all coming together really nicely.
0: Yeah, that's, I did a little Oracle reading um, a couple, a um, couple episodes ago, just for fun. And I was talking about that in my relationship to this time of the year, it's definitely my, my favorite time of the year. And it's like, I feel like because the senses, I mean, being Taurus, it's definitely like turns me on in every way. Um, but being that the senses are so alive, that it really, Amplifies, at least for me anyway, the elements, the inner elements. And then there's just like that's why it's the season of magic, too. Right. It's like, how are these inner elements alive for you, or what maybe is most um amplified for you? And then, like, how can we have that beautiful dance with the external shifting of the senses and the external elements to create change and then embody, right? Like really embody it into the way we're moving through the world. Um, so and we're and, coming up to, to like
1: another high holy day, the cross quarter season of Sohen and officially it's November 7th when the sun is exactly um, halfway point between the recent equinox, the, the autumnal equinox, at least in the Northern hemisphere and then the winter solstice. So November 7th that fit when the sun is at 15 degrees Scorpio is when we'll be at that exact cross quarter high holy day. So yeah. these are times when the veil is thin when i think our ancestors are really reaching out to us especially with scorpio being this uh the sign that invites us to dive deep within but i think that includes our epigenetics our lineage um our ancestry our stories i always think of scorpio season as a time to dig for that hidden gold and it comes through being in our own personal underworld So there's just so much invitation for that. And that's where I feel like the magic is. That's where I feel like there's this reclamation of maybe psychic gifts, maybe a deeper sense of embodiment that comes from awareness of energy and also awareness of things that are not seen. And then how does that influence like how we choose to live? Like, how does that
0: influence our habits? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I find that this is this can be a point for people of, you know, of fear, right? Of fear of, of the unknown of like, even thinking about like, what is the underworld? Right. And, um, one of the things I really like to, to remind people of is that it's just you, (laughs) it's your, it's your subconscious. It's just sensations that you, that you haven't been experienced. But when you talk about the veil being thin, right? It's like, is and you can say what, more what you mean about this, but for me, it's like, do we have just more access to seeing things more clearly, right? That we were un, we were unable or maybe unwilling to see, and then if we have the support of the elements, of the stars, of the ancestors, does it feel like more supportive to go into the underworld to kind of poke around and see what's in there? Absolutely.
1: I think you're bang on. Like, that's exactly what comes up for me. I I feel like my ancestors are really present. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can look at myself in a very um, zoomed out way, but I'm also, it's like I'm watching myself, but I'm also being myself, if that makes sense. And I can see um, all the patterns a lot more clearly. And I also feel that there's this strong emotional sensitivity, As well, which I think is a turning on of our intelligence. And I know that for me, this kind of leans into, I think, a bigger conversation that you and I are always having around, you know, alcohol and um, what our relationship with alcohol has done. I know for me with alcohol, I, I didn't quite understand how powerful my emotions were. And there were so many reasons for this, but I do notice an immense difference of, um, changing my relationship to alcohol, uh, removing alcohol from my life that I can feel myself, but I'm not afraid. It's almost like I had to train my nervous system to not be afraid of my feelings. Mm. I also had to release voices from people outside of me telling, Oh, telling me, Oh, your feelings are too much. Like you should probably do something like drink a glass of wine to reduce your feelings or something, you know, there was always this idea, like if you're feeling anything too intensely, especially if it's not on what we would say, the positive side of the spectrum, you should do something about it to get back up high again, whatever that means. And, and I think the habit and what I was conditioned by, it, it just sort of turned off this this connection to what's underneath, what's underneath maybe sadness or what's underneath grief. I've been really feeling lately, like, um, there's a collective energy of grief. Um, a lot is changing. Like the whole way we look at reality is changing. And I think there's a natural grief, that comes up with that. And not to say that we want to hold on to it. I simultaneously feel that I'm ready for change. I see everybody around me ready for change, but it's, we have to also have this like love and compassion to, wow, there was a part of me that was attached to that. There was a part of me that, that was formed around that old model that I have in order to bring every part of me into the future that we're creating. Um, I have to go back and, and do that grief work. So I do feel like this time is, is an opportunity to just love those parts, to, to embrace those parts, to look at the stories and, um, and feel all, all of the feelings around that. And that process itself is what I think returns us to our magic because it's in that place where we realize, oh, there was nothing wrong here. It was just a feeling
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it was giving me information and I trust myself more now I'm aware, like there was nothing wrong with me. There's nothing broken about the fact that I had these feelings. They were actually powerful emissaries.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And there was nothing wrong with trying to solve it with some tools with what you had access to either. Right? Like, it's like we go down one road and we're like, okay, that wasn't working. So like, let me, like, let me go down this other road and find out. Right. But, but I think as we age and we, we are, our, our access to our wisdom, like we g- generate more wisdom that um, there's that we do build confidence in new ways. Cause we generate evidence that like, oh, I have done this here. And I always, I really encourage people to look in their life for the evidence of what that exists of, of, what they, what they want to change, like where they've already done it. Now it might be with a different subject matter, but it's like being social or, um, vulnerable or, you know, being emotional or being present, like whatever it is, they feel like they need like to change their relationship to alcohol that they might feel confident or they might feel like they're lacking. It's like, I bet you it exists in some other, you have evidence of it in some other form of your life. And so when we can tap into that, sometimes it's just these unexamined inquiries of self where it's like, oh yeah, I have done that there. Okay. Got it. Right. So we just have to like shift the perspective to look for it in another place. Um, yeah. cause I really do believe, and I know you believe this too, that we already have everything inside of us. Like you said, like I'm not broken. My emotions are here for a reason. It's like, We were given literally all of the tools. What I believe, though, is it's the cultivation of them, the cultivation of those tools that we've been missing, right? We know how to kind of cultivate our learning and our intelligence in some ways, but it's cultivating the wisdom, the intuition, the emotional intelligence um, that hasn't been mirrored. And maybe it was mirrored at some point. I don't really know. I didn't really live in a time like that, but it's definitely growing in necessity. <laughs> um, so, okay. So tell us, I had asked a little bit about, the, and and if you have other information you think our listeners need, but I had asked about this upcoming eclipse portal that's kind of bookending the the in time um, and what yeah. the implications might mean of that in regards to whatever information you have. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you just evoked some language that
1: is so exactly matching what I think this eclipse season is. So, Eclipse seasons always occur around the north and south node of the moon, which is our self reflection, how we see ourselves is the moon. And so south node tends to be something that we get to look at and emotionally process around the past. And so that I think really um, ties into what I was just sharing around emotional awareness, which is very much Scorpio. Scorpio is a water sign. It's fixed sign, meaning there's a lot of um, deep karmic entrenchment, these deep emotional patterns. So we get to look at that with the new moon eclipse. And that is the one that's happening October 25th. So that's opening the portal and that's happening really soon. So we have moon and Venus included as well and sun all conjunct at two degrees Scorpio, which is also a Taurian degree. So that is just adding another layer here. And Taurus energy combined with Scorpio energy is all about the life-death-life cycle. So there's so much energy around rebirth. And this is always true in Scorpio season, but there's this added element of, an eclipse and eclipses are like acceleration portals. It's like things that you've been trying to let go of for years, maybe like literally the past 19 years, because eclipses work in 19 year cycles. Maybe you've been holding on to a pattern for 19 whole years of your life that you could just decide to release during this eclipse. That's how powerful it is. And Scorpio also in the body rules, our hormones rules, um, our ability to change throughout life, which includes emotionally because evolution is biochemical, right? We, we know we've evolved based on our emotional responses to things, but with Scorpio also ruling the organs of elimination in the body, it's an excellent time for fasting for detoxing. So we can approach this from all of the angles. We can approach it physically and emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And so that's really the invitation, I think, with this new moon um solar eclipse that's happening October 25th. And then two weeks later, we're going to have a lunar eclipse that's happening during the full moon. And this is where the moon will be conjunct the north node. Mm-hmm. And so the north node is what's bringing us into the future, into who we are becoming. And It's also conjunct Uranus, who is the planet of liberation and shaking out of any old habits and also redefining our values in a major way. And really Venus and Uranus are super um, entangled during this time because they're opposing each other. Venus and Scorpio opposing uh, Uranus and Taurus. So this this Taurus-Scorpio axis is so lit up, but first we have to make space. So the question I've been asking myself is, well, what do I need to grieve around my past? Um, What am I letting go of? And what do I get to emotionally process? And I'm going to spend the first time, really as long as it takes, as long as I need in that area, in that part of my underworld. And then Once I feel like I have made the space, then I'm inviting in, okay, like what else? What's next? What do I do with this space? What do I do with this magic? What am I cultivating? What am I embodying? These are the, the Taurus words that will become a lot more available and illuminated around the time of the full moon eclipse. So it's almost like we, we make the space and then we invite in and in eclipse seasons are um, not times (laughs) to charge your crystals. These are actually times to do things like fasting and detoxing because everybody in the collective is going to be detoxing. So it's kind of like, well, you don't really want to pick up what other people are detoxing. So that's why um, in the, in Vedic astrology, the Vedas, they would talk all about fasting during like on the new moon eclipse on the full moon eclipse specifically and then obviously you can make whatever choices make sense for you around that but just having awareness around it or or eating light and and knowing too that Taurus is the archetype of forming habits if there's a habit that you're wanting to shift this is a really powerful portal to do that like you you're so energetically supported to make a new choice, to make a change, to feel like, okay, there's this thing I, I know I've been needing to change. Um, Uranus has this mantra of choose change before change chooses you. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of time where it, it, you are so supported to do that. It, it's almost like, I don't know if you do tarot, but that nine of cups, like wish card, like if you have a wish for a new life that you want to create for a new version of self that you want to step into, you could do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And I think um, I mean it's just so powerful with really like how how I work, you know personally in my program that that if we don't make that space, the clarity, even it not only do we not have the space to allow something in for that new like self what I'm hearing is just like a new self-concept, right? It's like what is possible? You know, for who Who do I need to become to create this change? Um, but there's not even the space for it. It doesn't feel welcomed. But I just also think that without going through that underworld process, you can't fully see it. You can't fully make the space because there's so much of that grieving, um, so much of that letting go that really needs your our attention. That really wants to be validated because it was so much a part of who we who we were. Maybe the last nineteen years, right? It's like just to you know, kind of, to kind of shame it away, is really just doing an injustice to. I mean, we learn from everything. Everything shapes us. So it's like giving it the proper send off. Like I see you. Thank you. Mm, yes. On. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly that and. And there's also this added element of Venus being in the underworld, which is very much that, what you just said, like, I'm blessed the creative process that I've been embodying up until now. Now I'm making space for a new one, because if you've ever been in any level of like business coaching or really any kind of coaching, it's like, if you're trying to manifest something or create something, it's like, you can't get there with the same tools that got you here. Right. So we're at a place where we're just upgrading our tools.
0: Yeah. Upgrading our tool. I love that. Yeah. And the detox, you know, when you talked about like the detoxing on all of these levels, I mean, that is really what is necessary for change, especially with alcohol, because there is the physical component there's, you know, it's the emotions, the beliefs, right. It And, and then like the spirit and the, um, you know, connecting with the higher self, um, That it's really shifting on all levels. And that's why I call, you know, the work I do holistic alcohol coaching, because, you know, we were talking about this on the show and I released an episode earlier about going beyond the logic. Um, Because if we're always just like you said, if we're trying to create change with the same tools that got us in the mindset, we are and using those for a new result that feels impossible, or that's, You know, outside of logic, like they they just probably aren't going to work. And can that be okay, right? Mm -hmm. Like, can it be okay to learn new tools instead of trying to like, you know, hammer in a screw? It's just not as efficient. It's okay.
1: Absolutely, and it really draws to mind um, Libra as an archetype being so important with this Evening Star um, superior conjunction coming up. Yes. So, all that you're sharing around um, not being able to get there with the same tools that got us here and really requiring new tools, it really connects with this full moon. Um, this lunar eclipse at 16 degrees Taurus, which 16 degrees of any sign is a Cancerian degree and cancer evokes the energy of support and creating safety and security. And now coming to Libra where that ties in, we're in this shift between morning star and evening star of Venus. And her star point is going to form in Libra, which gives us this opportunity to actually lean at, lean in, like reach out and lean in to others around you. Maybe who've already made the journey We're in a Capricorn metagoddess cycle, which just means like, that's this overall Venus cycle, this 19 month cycle that we're in. And Capricorn is all about the wisdom elders, the wisdom keepers, the people who have already been there, done that, who have made this journey. And the Libra saying like, Hey, I've got you like, let's hold hands. We can do this. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a beautiful opportunity to to find the people who are really here to support you. And I've heard this um, referred to as like your divine appointments. And even like, depending on where you are in the relationship, are you the receiver? Are you the giver? And in another relationship, it might be the opposite. And and how are we creating more harmony, more equanimity? And then what does this, how does this support us in, in creating the space that we require for these massive quantum leaps we're making?
0: Yeah, I think that that piece is so important. And the You know, I talked about this a little bit on a podcast once and maybe we've even talked about, I don't know, but this like the wound of independence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, you and I talked about a little bit like before we got on the call of just, you know, I think this wraps around with alcohol so much is like we, our achievements are kind of done on our own and there's only so much help we can ask for. And if we have to ask for help, um then you know maybe we're doing it wrong and we know that we're an integral part of the whole that the web of life exists because of every other piece in it and i really see this as another part of our conscious evolution is being in more harmonious relationships with like with what my medicine is what what your medicine is what my gifts are what your gifts are and as a reciprocal relationship but not you know, a hierarchy, not a power over. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think it's the, the relationship piece of evolution is so important. And I think that the disconnection that so many people are feeling with alcohol or just with anything in life, like connection to the divine, um, you know, is a huge piece of why we fill the void with alcohol. Right. And like we can find that you were saying earlier, like we can find that through other people and that might be in in a supportive role um, or needing support. Right.
1: Absolutely. I, lo- I love that that phrase, like the wound of independence that speaks a lot to Chiron, the wounded healer in Aries, which is the sign of, of the, the individual, the person who is um, you know, doing it on their own. And sometimes it makes me think of the warrior who feels that they have to take on the burden of the whole world on their shoulders and do it all by themselves. And the opposite of Aries is Libra. And so there's always this energy of balance like we have to take these these times to come into our own heart and our own will and what what is it that I'm creating what what do I desire what is my journey what am I here for who am I becoming all of these me my I questions but then there is a time when we're like okay I figured that out and now it's about expanding that or um just stretching it a little bit to see like, okay, now what are we here to create together? And so there's this constant um back and forth, it feels like. and and this Venus uh, star point in Libra, I think is is going to really shift and shift that for a lot of people. I think collectively, we'll see a lot more um, maybe diplomacy or conversations between different factions, people with different opinions because of this. This awareness, like we need to come together. And that I think is applicable in our family lives, in our communities, and then um, of course, in the whole world. And it's like everything, it starts with us. Um, but at the same time, you ask that question, like, why can't I figure this out on my own? It's like, well, you don't have to. Yeah, that was never (laughs) exactly. When was that? When is that Venus star point with Libra? It's happening right before this eclipse season. So October 22nd, we have the sun and Venus conjoining at 29 degrees Libra. So this is the superior conjunction. This is when Venus is conjunct the sun, but as far away from earth as can be. So on the opposite side of the sun and in itself, it also carries kind of a full moon energy because it's Venus at her farthest away point. And so there tends to be this opportunity to actually reach out and receive maybe spiritual guidance or from our higher selves, or maybe even um, more beauty in the relationship space. Mm -hmm. So time, like a lot of people might be changing their relationships um, and it's good. It's all good. <laughs> like when we change our relationship to alcohol, when we change our relationship to ourselves, to our partners, to our families, like it's not bad. Like It's only good. And I think this is where the self-trust piece comes in. And this is, I think self-trust is what leads us to self-authority. And it all is connected here. Like if we can heal our relationship to ourselves, we can heal our relationship to every other element of life.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about Venus? Because I know that this is something that's very important to you. It's been something very important in my life and, you know, guiding me and in, in a lot of my own personal inquiries, but like when this, then when there's a star point, can you just talk a little bit about like the time frame of that and just let people know what the implications of Venus and her star point are? are and maybe if they they hear that again or watch out for it.
1: Yes. So Venus goes through 19 month cycles. So they begin when Venus is conjunct the sun while she's retrograde, which happens once every 19 months. And then within that time span, it's basically this cycle is divided into two phases. First phase is morning star. So that's when you wake up in the morning and see Venus rising before the sun. That's the morning star phase. And then right now where we are, we're in this middle of the time. So it's been about nine months or so um, in between the beginning of the cycle. So we're at midpoint of the cycle where Venus is in the underworld where we can't see her. We can't see her in the morning. We can't see her in the evening. She's in the underworld. And so she's going through this creative relational recalibration. This happens once every 19 months. And so then um, in December, she's going to rise as an evening star and she will be in the evening star phase for the following uh, about eight months after that, until she starts a new cycle next August in 2023. So it's always this shift back and forth, morning star, evening star, but in between the morning and the evening star, she has these, these times of the underworld where you can't see her. And those are where we essentially are just pressing the reset button on everything that Venus represents. And and so to everybody, she's going to have a little bit of a different representation. Um, If you're a highly um, Venusian being, you probably notice like, oh, Venus presents in my money story. Venus presents in my relationship story, in my creative story, but also in my um, embodiment of the divine feminine. So there might be uh, one part of that that's more prominent for you, but really she's all of those things. And so um, her her journey is so empowering because you can start to feel into, well, what is shifting? What is growing? What what am I healing and clearing in relation to all of these parts in my money, my body, my values, um, who I am as a woman or a man? It's not about gender, but just the energy of the divine feminine.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. And I think about this reset, right? It's like, there are these natural pauses that we have, you know, we see in, in the earth during different seasons, you know, in the moon, there's a, a brief dark, dark moon phase. And it's, it it is this opportunity to, yeah, I love that, like push the reset button. And um, I just think give yourself permission to not have to figure it out and really be in just like deep curiosity and in the living of life without an agenda. <laughs> I mean that sounds great to me right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: with you there. It's like not not figuring it out, but feeling it out, just being it out. Like it's yes. and that's really where the magic happens, anyways.
0: I know. And yeah, and it's like you might realize like, oh, I just want to stay in this space more often. Um, I'm just going to ask you one clarification question for my own sake. So when she's when she has the superior conjunction on the 22nd of October, does she stay there then? so she'll she'll form that
1: conjunction with the sun, and then she'll she'll keep moving. But essentially, the underworld is any time that Venus is within ten degrees of the sun, okay. So that on. began in September. Uh, I forget the date at this moment, but mid-September at some time, she entered the underworld, and then in December, she exits the underworld. the next. Is when she's so close to the sun, you just can't see her. Like the sun's light is so blinding that everything that gets close to the sun is essentially reconsumed by the sun. And so even thinking about this from an alchemical or esoteric point of view, it's like going literally back home, like going back to mm-hmm. source for a minute, which uh, in, in so many cultures, you know, the sun has that, that quality of, of sort of our solar system's representation of, of God, goddess, or I really view the sun as like the, the portal, like the connector to all the other solar systems. This this could get real esoteric real quick, but essentially this, uh, this reconfiguration with spirit. And so almost re-spiritualizing our values and um, re-spiritualizing our relationships. So it's almost like this invitation, like it's got to grow or it's got to go. That tends to happen a lot with the superior conjunction. It's like you calibrate up or you calibrate out of certain mm-hmm. relationships of all kinds. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really powerful space. So if something like that's happening for you, like don't be alarmed, it's it's, it's all by design. Um, and then usually the dust starts to settle again once she rises as an evening star and we're a little bit more um, secure in our relationships again because we've undergone the reset. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a December 1st of this year, 2022.
0: Yeah, so really potent... <laughs> energy starting on October 22nd. And, and, you know, this was one of the reasons that I really, I mean, I wanted Nura to come on to bless us all with her wisdom and her grace, but I personally had a really challenging time during the last eclipse portal, which was in May. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. During tourist season. Yeah. So it was like, it, it really crushed me and I didn't listen to Nura's wisdom. (laughs) during that time to like clear my calendar. Um, and Matthew had some wisdom during that time too. And I didn't take anyone's advice. Um, but I learned a great deal from it. And I just, I do think that these implications are outside of reason and logic Sometimes, Like, although we see these patterns. and patterns and they repeat. But the thing I love about astrology is it's not, you know, it it isn't in our, it is in our day to day, but it's not something that we are indoctrinated in, you know, as a as a tool for learning. But these are huge, huge like energy shifts that absolutely have an impact on us. And you know, neuro, like you were saying, it's like you're not, it's not about controlling you and But informing what might be actually happening, because we know the moon controls the tides. We know that we are made of water, right? We know that there is an impact. We know the sun is our source of life. So how could everything else not be also informing?
1: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Energetically. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the biggest arguments for for astrology that I have whenever anybody's in doubt, although I've long since (laughs) released the need to prove it to anybody because it's just so apparent to me, but it's like, it's just part of nature and, and it's just part of this natural, these natural cycles and we're just observing them, we correlate them and It's um, one of my favorite mentors, uh, Caitlin Castell. She's also a queen of the Venus mysteries. And she always says uh, the mysteries inform us just as we inform the mysteries. So it's always this Mm -hmm. this back and forth. So I, I really view that as like, we are informed by astrology, but we also inform it. Like we, we add to these archetypes. Like what somebody else maybe has said before about Scorpio, about Libra. It's like, those might be true and there's still more. Like it's what you add to it. It's what you experience of it. So that's why whenever somebody is using astrology to to make any sort of change in their life, I'm always, I'm I'm such an advocate for journaling. I'm such an advocate for asking questions and almost using the chart to ask the right questions, not give an answer. But if you can use the chart to ask the right questions, because I'm like, oh, okay, there's something over here. That's where we want to look. <laughs> and now from that place, like reaching from within yourself to provide the answer rather than the other way around.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's perfect. That's so good. So, you know, I think that this theme, I just like highlighted this, this stick sentence it's um it's got to grow or it's got to go. And how can you tie that into um. This this idea of self-authority versus moving from conformity to self-authority. How do you see yeah. that right now?
1: It's- It's also integrated. I feel like everything that we shared, particularly around, um, you know, the Libra energy of like, what is our relationship with other people? Is is there codependency? And just being curious about that and compassionate about that. There's a lot of reasons why codependent patterns form. So Mm -hmm. not shaming that, but just asking like, is, is there another way to approach this relationship? What is my influence in this dynamic? I think that's a big part of it. If we look to another one of the air signs and air signs are all about relationship, we have Saturn in Aquarius right now and we also have Mars in Gemini so we actually have this massive uh air energy that's just inviting a new influx of ideas but that's also shifting our relationship patterns so how this all comes back to conformity to self authority it's it's as though we are freeing ourselves from mental slavery is really what i see it as it's like we're we're just coming out of the box and it's not that we need to demonize the box, although some may, some do, some are, but <laughs> we're just coming out of it. And we're realizing like, it, it's come almost like, a, is it Pluto's cave <laughs> or Plato's cave? There we go. Not Pluto. Pluto. <laughs> <Maybe it is. laughs> um, you know, it's like, you don't even know what you're missing until you just see something from another angle. And I feel like that's what the opportunity of this time is, is, is to step outside of our own limitations and that requires the self-trust. It's like, I trust myself to make good choices. I trust myself that even if I'm in a different place, I'm in a different landscape, I'm, I'm traversing a, a different sort of mental uh, awareness. Like I, I trust myself to still make good choices, even when I don't know, even when I can't figure out, I can feel it out. So these kinds of statements have been, have been my mantra. And I feel like we we conform when we're afraid when we don't know what's going on and this is where self-trust is so important. Um, because we can't make changes when we're afraid. We can't be creative when we're afraid. Like we'll just keep repeating the same old thing because that's what we know. And that's really essentially what fear is. It's it's like staying in the familiar, staying in the known. If you already know the results of a certain habit or an action, it's just gonna give you the same results over and over again. But it's like when you're in that curiosity, when you can trust yourself, like I make good decisions, like me, the essence that is me, that is the, the observer of my mind, that is not my mind, you know, just watching my mind. Like I make good choices. And and when you connect with that part of yourself, Mm. it it makes it so much easier to make decisions, um, to to commit to something in a different way. And then comes conviction. Like then you're like, oh, well, this is my path. This is this is my purpose. Like I, I am bound to this path and this purpose because it's so aligned with my with my truest essence that I don't even really have the option to conform anymore. Like it's not even an option because I am, I'm committed to what I came here to do to, to who I came here to be. And I trust that. And I, and I trust myself. I trust myself. I trust myself. It's just, those are the, those are the kind of affirmations that I think are the invitation with this air, this air trine with the Libra, Gemini, and Aquarius. It's like we are jumping out of this box, we're jumping out of the matrix, or whatever words you want to call it. And um, we're just creating something new. And, and we can't create from the place of fear. Mm-hmm. We create from faith, from freedom, from trust.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. This is so good. I love that it's not an op. It's no longer an option to conform because I'm here for something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's, that's so what I think good. this has been for me. Honestly, Mary, like, I feel like ever since I met you, <laughs> I think I knew it was time. I was like, Whoa, something's changing, you know, and you just start to meet people. And that's another example of the leap where it's like a person will, you are calibrated now to a certain frequency where other people of a high vibe are going to just come into your space. So I I felt very good about myself when I met you. Cause I was like, Ooh, she's high vibe. That must mean <laughs> I'm in a good
0: vibe. You I know? felt the same way. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And and that's, that's the air. That's, so that's what I feel like is the option. So if you're in a place, you know, listening and and you're like, Oh, I want to see some changes. (laughs) It's like, may it begin with me, get myself into the frequency that I know is where I feel good, where I create. Um, And and then just trust, like you're going to meet the people, you're going to attract the resources. You're going to find the support that you
0: require to, to do what it is that you came here to do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so good. And, but make sure you leave the house. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Crucial. (laughs) Say yes. Yeah. So it's like someone, I was hearing this, it was kind of like an unassuming person that was talking about the law of attraction, but he was talking about, you know, the law of action also like to get, to be in the manifestation mode. We also have to, you know, there are these principles of, what creates like what we need to create, which is, you know, motion movement, there has to be an energy too. Um, and I thought that was interesting because we can't forget that part. (laughs) We have to do something, take actual action. Um, and the action
1: could be as simple as saying yes to what somebody is inviting you to, right. and, And then just seeing where that
0: leads you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be some big new like project or a leap of faith. It could just yeah, be, yeah, we'll take the pressure off a little bit <laughs> Simply saying yes. Yeah. That was a huge, that's been huge in my life is like, just start starting to say yes. And, you know, I think this conversation is like being, being open to, to hearing new perspectives. I think that's a saying yes, you know? I'm, um. Okay. So If we want to take, and I know you talked about cleansing and that kind of stuff, but just to maybe kind of recap, if we want to take advantage of this upcoming energy, maybe starting on the 22nd, because I'm going to put this out now so people can have as much time to get in, in it as possible. What would your suggestion be? Maybe for a ritual, maybe for, I don't know what you're doing for yourself, Mhm. Yeah, I
1: intend to spend um as much time as I can in daily journaling and meditation because that's where it's at for me. That's what I recommend to all of my clients because especially with Taurus being so highly activated, like Taurus is one of these polarities of the eclipse season. Taurus is about cultivating healthy habits. If you can cultivate something like a five-minute meditation practice or a five-minute journaling practice, you can do anything. You can do anything. You can change your relationship to your body, your health, your relationship. So it starts with the small things. It's like the micro actions are what create macro change. So you, you do these small things, Every day over and over and over again over time. And then all of a sudden you're a different person, right? So it, it can really, you can do that this eclipse season. <clears throat> so if there is something that you're like, oh, I've been really wanting to start this practice and it could be brand new, or it could be coming back to something that you started once. And then you stopped, like, you know, maybe if there's a yoga practice, something like that, like just start it again just commit to it at least for the two weeks, see what happens, see how it supports you in the underworld. It may not be the thing that you keep doing forever, but at least you've shown yourself, I can commit to this and I can allow myself to be changed. I can allow myself to grow by experimenting, by, by trying new things. And coming out of my comfort zone because we're essentially with the North known in Taurus, Taurus is known to be about comfort, but it's about creating a new comfort zone. So we have to come out of the old one. And so, you know, doing something different day by day, um, that would be uh, my advice for everyone. And also um, really understanding how do you, in your own body discern what is a yes and what is a no for you? Because there, while there's, this invitation into something new there's also this releasing of something that no longer serves and this is where understanding how to what is your yes what is your no is so crucial and it's like we could have all sorts of fancy tools and you know formulas and systems but at the end of the day it comes down to like how do I know if I can trust my yes or my no in this moment Mm. and that's what I feel is this eclipse is also about and this is where emotional clarity helps Scorpio, as well as body awareness, somatic awareness, Taurus. So if you, I would definitely recommend to everybody some type of physical practice that cultivates this. I'm biased towards yoga. I teach yoga. So that's my tool, but there's so many, um, even, you know, going for walks, doing things like being barefoot on the ground outside every morning while you do your journaling, if it's, you know, weather permits, even if it's not right, even if it's cold, you know, shocking your system, like there's so much potential actually to re wire our nervous system during this eclipse. So whatever, whatever feels exciting to you as well, because Scorpio is the the energy of the edge walker um, feeling alive. It's like, if it doesn't make you feel alive, if it doesn't turn you on,
0: why are you doing it? Mm, Yes. Thank you for that. And then do you just as like maybe uh, a useful observation, like I had said this last eclipse portal, and I know that some of the energies are obviously different, um, but kind like, because I was experiencing a lot of resistance and I wasn't doing it from the most graceful place, it really took me into the, the underworld of despair. Um, so would you, would, would it be useful for people to just be aware that, that there will be resistance or what, what could people maybe expect at a more heightened energetic level.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, resistance, I think is always going to come up whenever you're making a breakthrough. And I I think celebrating it, like celebrate your resistance, like, Oh, it's coming. (laughs) Huge change coming. And maybe right now it's going to be a little bit unpleasant and uncomfortable, but trusting, trusting that process. And I would say, um, uh, like the whole work of acceptance and embracing where you are, it can't be, it can't be stated enough. It's um, sometimes we need that. Like we need, we need to to meet the resistance to know just how big of a jump we're making. Um, Many of you've probably heard of the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. He brings up the phenomena of the upper limit Mm. and the ceiling. Like we will continually come back to the ceiling. And and it's sort of a, a way of, Self-sabotage, but not from a place of like, you know, really trying to sabotage ourselves, but it's this fear. It just naturally, you know, wants to keep us safe. So where do you limit yourself? What is your upper limit? Can you be brave? Is there something that you could just take a chance with? And and this is where I think support helps because you you sometimes need somebody to kind of hold you accountable or hold space for you while you're being brave, while you're making these big leaps Um, and and really understand like there actually, there actually is no limit. Like the limit of how good you can feel, it can always increase as your consciousness evolves and expands. So it's like, if you've if you think you've got to this point in your life where are like, oh, this is all there is for me. It's like on one hand, yes, acceptance of what is perfect because we need to be in a place of acceptance of what is in order to, to be with what is, love what is. And then from that place is where the growth happens. So it's like our container gets bigger. And what is uncomfortable, the comfort zone also expands. So all of this, yes, (laughs) resistance tends to come up during eclipse season in general, but then also these are fixed signs and fixed signs are the stickiest of all the signs because they're fixed, meaning this is karmically entrenched patterns from lifetime after lifetime, after lifetime, generation after generation after generation. So you might be working through stuff that's not even yours. Mm. You might be working through stuff like that's your grandmother's grandmothers. And like, I think even just having awareness of that, it's like, whoa, look what I'm doing. I'm holding so much. I'm doing so much. Um, These patterns are um, so deeply ingrained epigenetically. How can I how can I just really um love myself and, and congratulate myself for all that I'm doing and um and just meet myself where I am.
0: Yeah. So welcome it in and know that it's an opportunity, yeah, to release it because I don't I don't believe that you know, we deal with these patterns again and again and again when we aren't willing to just stop and like check them out, right? When we're not willing to welcome Welcome them in, because we can release patterns and and potentially for good, that then have this really huge, beautiful impact on our lives, and I think the impact on the on the world on creating a more peaceful pl- world for everyone absolutely. yeah, I think but, we're all
1: retraining our nervous system. like there's a beautiful coach. Her name is Sally Hardy, and she talks a lot about retraining the nervous system and how the number one, Um, thing that keeps us stuck in patterns is actually like trying to repress the nervous system response when we're traumatized or when we have a trigger come and how that's actually what keeps us stuck in the process so it's not about repressing or like because we can always find ways to to turn off those triggers to turn off those trauma responses but actually the way we grow is by retraining our nervous system to feel safe during that response. So obviously, if you were really in a space of danger, that's not what we're talking about here. It's more like where it's um not dangerous, like you're in a in a group of people at a party or something, and you, you there's a trigger and a trauma response of anxiety, for example, but you're actually safe. So how could you be in that space to um to retrain your nervous system? Like I am safe right now. Yeah. And whoa, oh, maybe I'm getting sweaty, <laughs> maybe I'm starting to breathe heavy, but what what can I do to to regulate? While I'm having this feeling, rather than maybe another alternative would have been to reach for a glass of wine, or would have been to leave the party, right? Like, what what are your past ways of dealing with the triggers that come up, and then how can you retrain to actually hold space for for more? And that's what I think the invitation is. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, okay, Sally, (laughs) we're doing some work here. And that's also very much tied into the Scorpio-Taurus axis of the psychosomatic connection. Like, what what can I influence in my psychology Scorpio? And then how does that then shift in my body Taurus? So yeah. massage therapists out there and body workers and therapists and healers. Like you're on call right now. You're being called forward. We need you. We're all doing this work.
0: Right. Well, yeah. And that is kind of full circle to, you know, what you really had started talking about, which was, you know, starting in the descent that we really have to move into that descent. And I think having knowledge for knowledge sake, you know, knowing that these things are going to happen, looking at our patterns and then, and I did a, some episodes about emotional safety just recently. So it might be good to go back and listen. There was actually three episodes that I did kind of in a row um, about so much of our, of our use of alcohol is a sign of not feeling emotionally safe. But if we know that, we can see our patterns, we can find out what do I need to feel more secure? Exactly this, right? So that I can now be in that environment in a new way, or at least have the conversation with myself that everything's okay, right? Like this is totally normal. This is the response. But that even just the conversation we're having with ourselves if we shift that conversation is gonna create That feeling of safety and security. So, so um, much. (laughs) There's so much here. Okay. So, one, I would suggest listening to this twice. (laughs) Two, there will be transcripts to this. So, if there's any dates you want to look at again, um, is there anything else that we should watch out for? Or do you feel like we have a good takeaway of this upcoming time?
1: Yeah. I I feel like this is really this is really an opportunity and an invitation. I think to just sum it all up, it's about self-trust and what are you releasing to make space for who you're becoming? And we know that that's a, that's a question that we've heard before. We we always hear this question, but it, it's always the question.
0: It's always the question. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause it's an unending, right? <laughs> um. So beautiful. Nura you're amazing. I am thrilled about having all this information. So from my heart to yours, thank you so much. And I want our listeners to know how you can support them in this process through astrology. What, how can they work with you and what can they do? What will they take away?
1: oh yes it's my absolute high honor um, to work with people when they're in the space of changing a pattern or embracing where they are and, and essentially this process of what we're releasing to make space for so i do offer uh, coaching and i also do readings if you'd like a, a little taste and then there's always the invitation to dive deeper and we use your chart but essentially to help you form strategies and um, just maybe see yourself in a new way see yourself as your higher self sees you There's there's really so much. I I work with a lot of people who are in this space of transition, like really ready to to jump into that that next version of themselves. And um, a lot of women who are starting businesses or starting a family or just showing up in a different way that, that tends to be the people that I work with. And so it's just really fun for me too, because I get to be this witness to how we're collectively evolving. And so essentially um, you know, holding your hand, being here with you, uh, being as a mirror um while we're, you know, like Baba Ramda said, we're we're all just walking each other home. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. And what is the best way for people to contact you? I have my website, com. That's definitely the best way. I also have Instagram at NoraRochelle. Try to keep everything the same so I'm easy to find. And,
0: um, yeah, that, those are the best ways. Amazing. And I'll just say this, you definitely want to be on Nura's email list. I know she has a couple of beautiful, really amazing free offerings, free gifts, um, on her website, but she also sends out if you're, if this is interesting to you, or you're kind of, you know, just getting into astrology regardless, or if you're an expert, she just has such a beautiful, um, you know, different perspective, but Your weekly forecasts, I think, are so powerful. So every week she sends out, she does a video and sends that out that's on YouTube also um, that I find very informative. And they're short and digestible. So I would definitely get on her list for those things as well.
1: Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mary. And thank you everyone for, for listening. And, um, I really hope that this is helpful for you and and valuable for you. It's been such an invaluable tool for me, um, seeing deeper into myself and, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy to be able to offer anything that helps you see deeper into you in this beautiful eclipse portal, this, this underworld that we're all in together.
0: Yes, I am. I'm, I'm not quite ready, but I'm going to get ready now. (laughs) Thank you you so much, everyone. Thank you, Nura. Thank you, Mary. Imagine taking the podcast every week to the next level with achievable goals and an action plan tailored specifically to your needs. Finding personalized support is how you gain control of your destiny. In my private one-on-one coaching program, Fast Track to Freedom from Alcohol, you get your own personal cheerleader, that's me, every week, helping you get clear, stay curious and committed to what matters most versus resigning again and again to your habitual patterns. Every big change starts with one next step. Schedule a complimentary call with the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to get a new perspective on an old have it